When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mysore Chakra's episode 150. I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw life was service. When I acted and behold, service was joy. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head for thousands of years. This ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, your host, friend, and fellow action taker. And we are back once again to share these few moments together while we learn, grow, and transform ourselves and the communities around us. So do you know what's the best part of a podcast, Action Tribe? Once recorded, it will be there forever. So especially if you're listening to this episode in the year 2025, or maybe if you are my grandson listening to this episode right now, then remember that you have powers and strengths within you that you can't even begin to imagine. Find out what your dream is and go after it like your life depends on it. Now, before we begin today's episode, Action Takers, I want to give a shout out to all you Snapchatters out there. As you people know, I always look for ways to serve you and very recently I jumped on the Snapchat bandwagon and quite honestly I find it really amazing. I've got a series called Action Moments on Snapchat where I share background scenes for my life, nuggets of inspiration and ideas that will help you get and stay motivated. My Snapchat code is AJ underscore action taker. Once again that's AJ underscore action taker. So join me on Snapchat. Let's connect. Let's take another step on our human revolution. And with that action tribe we are ready to welcome our featured guest for today who is going to talk about one of my favorite topics dreams and our featured guest for today is craig sim webb so craig are you ready to inspire absolutely there i just took an in-breath that's uh, french in french we say inspire (laughs) awesome so craig sim webb is a speaker author and researcher on dreams applied psychology and consciousness as well as physicist and biomedical inventor his life path was set in motion three decades ago when he nearly drowned on a rafting trip and then suddenly began recalling up to 10 dreams per day and having powerful, lucid, and vision dreams. A McGill University graduate with pioneering dream research, Stanford University, and Montreal's Sacre Coeur Hospital, he has designed personal development and biofeedback tools with worldwide distribution, trained for a decade in communications and conflict resolution, and help found and produce Making Contact, a well-respected international radio show that has aired weekly on 150 to 250 radio stations since 1995. So Craig, I've given our listeners an intro, but I'm sure our listeners would like to know a bit more about you before we move on. Wow, well, uh, thanks for the sweet intro there. Uh, list of accomplishments. 
accomplishments, but not necessarily who I am. So hopefully some of that comes across too. A little friendly, playful, and uh, use good discrimination to help people get connected with their passion as I share mine. And uh, I guess my story is an interesting one from our cultural point of view, sort of the industrialized and a little more scientific world. I was actually a good physicist, studying physics at McGill and, uh, you know, very objective oriented. I was trained in science. Uh, but then I had a powerful near-death experience. And you know what, AJ? It lasted four years. Mm-hmm. And then I got a diploma for it. It's called a Bachelor in Science. That was my near-death experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I joke about it a little bit. And I actually really appreciate my degree and value it. But uh, it's true somehow that part of me was dying off. I was just being trained in sort of mind, intellect, study, fix, rather than some other skills, emotional skills, heart connect. And uh, so I think part of me was literally dying. But I actually also had a physical near-death experience uh, stuck under a raft. Whitewater rafting in Quebec City actually got uh, fell off the back and got stuck under a raft. And it was pretty quick and I didn't have time to gasp for air. So I'm kind of stuck there, stuck there, trying to fight and flight. And all of a sudden, uh, it kind of went from this real upsetting fear, shock, scramble into this rich peace. And I remember it was kind of like, wow, this is nice, surprising. Mm -hmm. And then long story short, I believe the guide pulled me out, but I did manage to raft the rest of the day okay. And uh, I made it past that strange kind of moment near drowning, I believe. And uh, then I started remembering up to 10 dreams a day, like you said before, which maybe I had one a month before that. I wasn't against it, but I wasn't really like fascinated or anything. But with 10 a day, I started recording them, having lucid dreams, actual dreams that came true. Ever had a dream that came true uh, or that you feel came true, AJ? Not something that came true, but I have these recurring dreams sometimes which seems like it's a sign. And that's one of the questions I have for you later on in the show is, what if you have a particular symbol that you see in your dream? Is your dream trying to tell you something? What's exactly happening? But I'm sure we're going to learn more about that in a while. (laughs) Anyway, so... Long story short, uh, I continued physics, graduated there, but I added to it. Now I can somewhat happily... a little laugh here, uh, call myself a recovering thinkaholic uh, because I'm not just stuck uh, analyzing, fixing, and kind of intellectualizing everything. I actually, hopefully, I'm a bit more connected with heart, humor, people, environment, and, and some of the things that have at least, uh, I hope, helped to round out my larger being here. Well, thanks a lot for that wonderful intro. And before we actually begin today's episode, we're going to take a few moments to bask in some inspiration and get ready for the stories that you're about to share and we usually do that with the help of an inspirational quote sound like a plan sounds great yeah great little short nuggets that grow into beautiful plants in our mind garden and then our actions in our lives hopefully wonderful so craig what is your favorite inspirational quote and also tell us how do you apply this quote to your life wow there's so many by the way if people like inspirational quotes they can uh, visit the website craigweb.ca and sign up for daily quotes there but uh, one that really sparks me because it seems to hold so much truth Uh, And it can be pondered over time, not just quick fix, you know, is uh, Rabindranath Tagore, a mystic poet, playwright, essayist. And he says, I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I awoke and saw life was service. And I acted and behold, service was joy. That is really a powerful quote that you shared. And in fact, I totally resound with that quote as well. Service is joy. And uh, Tony Robbins is somebody who I really look up to. And uh, he talks about 
two factors that are really important in order to feel fulfilled and he talks about contribution and personal development if you read a lot of books you're developing personally but if you're not able to contribute as you mentioned if you're not able to do the service you won't feel that joy so thanks a lot for sharing that really powerful quote we'll have that in the show notes as well okay great so Let's dive in, Craig. What inspired you to start Dream Foundation? Well, I guess uh, this kind of strange, I might call it an opening of getting 10 dreams a day, lucid dreams, uh, dreams that seem to come true, premonitions and things. Uh, at first, uh, kind of blew my mind, literally. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then it got intriguing enough that I started researching. I didn't throw out my science part, but I started to use it and be more open, exploring, exploring. Ended up researching at Stanford. Uh, some of the listeners may have heard of the pioneering lucid dream research at Stanford University in California, which I was involved in. And we actually scientifically proved in the sleep lab with electrodes and, and different measurements, somebody can be conscious and aware, like, you know, as we're talking now, with sort of their waking mind, but while their physical body is asleep. Uh, so another way to say that is lucid dreaming. And we scientifically proved that and other things that we showed there. But uh, that was one thing. And I guess starting to see that, wow, lots of people can benefit fit from this. A lot of people seem fascinated. Personally, uh, I get inspired whenever I can share some of this info. I returned to Canada and created the nonprofit Dreams Foundation, dreams.ca, to help people connect with some of the information that was hidden off in sleep labs like Stanford and elsewhere, and some of the valuable skills, techniques, and things that you know every person could use, not just a researcher or scientist, health professionals, uh, anybody in their job, in their private life even. And uh, so it's an informational mission largely, but also uh, we've held conferences and there's been different, uh, I guess, gizmos and techniques to help people uh, get connected with their dreams and then act on them to, to bring that joy, wisdom, insight into life. Wonderful. So firstly, I'm sure that it blew your mind because as you mentioned, you've got a science background, right? Yeah. You got a test and validate background. And when you had these experiences, it completely blew your mind. But then you went on and you pursued research and you found out through your research that someone can be conscious and aware while their physical body is sleeping. So for someone who is completely new to the world of lucid dreaming, could you elaborate a bit on this phenomena of being consciously aware while the body is sleeping? And how is this different from astral projection, another term that's uh, sometimes used interchangeably? Mm-hmm. And out-of-body experience. There's a number of terms mm-hmm. out there. So they might be like various gradations of color. You know, let's say different blues would be some of the different phrases. So they don't have to be exactly the same and each person might mm-hmm. perceive them or use them a little differently. But let's say most of those experiences are quite different than, you know, normal dream or I just slept or I spaced out or different things, which would be equivalent to different colors. So uh, specifically, lucid dreaming is uh, different because I'll give analogies first and then maybe I'll give a couple of examples. Sure. But, uh, something like uh, Dorothy when in The Wizard of Oz, she goes, wow, the world just went from black and white into full color. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore, Toto. Uh, <laughs> so that this whole experience is very real. Our waking mind uh, to some degree, not necessarily 100%, but is there our memory sometimes, sometimes discrimination, sometimes not. Uh, certainly usually, uh, or I'd say almost always, lots of excitement and uh, intrigue, fascination, sometimes so much that we wake up quickly. That's usually new dreamers. But where we can perceive things and interact in real time. In other words, we can choose, make choices, guide the dream, or at least respond and not react. Instead, we get a choice to how we'd like to perceive a situation or respond emotionally. 
And we can use those same skills. I call it lucidity. And when we expand to life, I call it lucid living in life. So not just things that are lost off in dreamland, but how to bring different parts of ourselves together, our visionary part, our deep subconscious wisdom from, let's say, dreamland, or other things, symbolic creative skills, some of the things that we see all the time in dreams, uh, and bring them into our lives. And then vice versa. How can we bring discrimination and learning and scruples and wisdom from life into our deeper self, our psyche, and really become a fuller person? That's kind of my expanded definition of lucidity. And we can practice with conscious dreams. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that those experiences that we have while dreaming can actually be used in our life as well, especially the symbolic creative skills that you mentioned. Now, many of us dream at night. Sometimes we get really pleasant dreams and sometimes we get nightmares. And some of us get these recurring dreams again and again. And usually there's some symbology involved, like flowing water or seeing a little puppy follow you around or maybe not flying, but hovering above the ground. So yeah. is there a reason behind our dreams? Are we being given a sign? Or a chase dream. Have you ever had that one where you're being pursued, AJ? I have, I've not really had a chase dream, but I, I mean, I've been chased by a puppy, like I mentioned, you know, a little puppy <laughs> is following me around. I don't know why that's happening, but I've had that. <laughs> All right. Well, the feelings, uh, this is a little moment for interpretation because it's not just lucid dreaming. It's interpreting, understanding, getting the lesson. <laughs> the feeling is really crucial for understanding what it might be connected with in life. Uh, probably it's not a literal that there's going to be a little puppy following you around like a premonition, yeah. probably more symbolic, but you could go with the feeling. Do you remember the feeling? It was really pleasant, Craig. It was a sunny day, warm sunshine, pleasant wind and the puppy was what the thought that came to my mind was being loyal mm -hmm. you know and being protective that's what I got. Okay, great. Well, uh, in the larger picture, uh, I don't think it takes Carl Jung or uh, Sigmund Freud to figure that one out. It suggests yeah. personality characteristics that uh, you probably enjoy and the people you like to have around you. And also maybe that uh, at that time or whenever you have the dream, if it's recurring, that you might be becoming more natural outdoors, connected with nature and in that kind of expansive feeling space of a little puppy, playful, safe, uh, loyal. Uh, so qualities shown by some part of you that likes to be with you. But may not always be. So if it's outside you in the dreams mm. and, my, and the, the feeling's not great, it might be a little reminder, don't forget about me. I need to be taken mm. for walks and I need to play often. <laughs> Uh, I have that same one with the dogs too, so I can resonate with you there. But uh, yeah, nightmares uh, usually starting to go into unpleasant dreams or little kids sometimes say bad dreams. Yes. I say, did you have a nightmare? No, no, but I had a bad dream. <laughs> so the language uh, like might shift a yeah. little bit. Uh, but here, uh, there's a, a big lesson there I like to kind of frame in one quick sentence, and that is nightmares, lucky you. And I say lucky you because really it's a gift if we get to use it in the right way, if we can understand what it's for. Maybe like the warning light on the car, you know, if uh, we're going to have uh, oil flash, oil light flashing, what do we do? Well, maybe we go for an oil change or something like that, uh, get a little checkup. At that point, it's maybe uh, $20, $50, something like that, and we keep our car healthy. If we ignore it, uh, put a Band-Aid over the oil light, etc. if we pull a battery from the smoke alarm, then big problems happen down the road or are much yep. more likely. So same thing for nightmares. We're getting a strong message from the psyche, usually kind of knocking us awake, gasp, short of breath, uh, upsetting, sweating. And uh, hopefully we don't just get like a rush and a wakefulness. We get the message. And first off, we probably end the, the recurring nightmares. I can give a great example if you like. But more important is if we get the lesson emotionally or sometimes quite literal, you know, like change the brakes on the car. If our car is failing brakes, uh, we prevent really serious problems. And uh, we'll, we'll mention a few more of those if you, when we speak about health. 
health a little later, I think. Uh, so yeah, nightmares can be a big payoff. There's learning, mm-hmm. not just uh, learning emotions, like nightmares teach us new ways to think and not react, etc. but learning skills, physical skills we can train. Like the German Olympic ski team actually uses lucid dreaming to practice aerial maneuvers before they try wow. them. Uh, and it's been proven by various research, not just dream research, but including dream research to actually train our physical you know, synapses, senses a little bit, even our muscles, strengthen our muscles, more blood flow and such. So we're not skiing fully in bed there, but we're training our, a lot of our physiology to ski or whatever skill we're practicing. Dreams can be fun, adventure, wish fulfillment, lots of great things happen there that are a little bit away from the laws of physics and society. So uh, why not yeah. have the most amazing matrix, awesome experience? Uh, and then spiritual fulfillment, uh, really breaking through in our big life lessons, attaining high states and uh, freeing ourselves from some of our limitations. Uh, there, there's lots of payoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, without a doubt, I'm sure that dreaming or having these lucid dreams are amazing. Now, for someone who might have had such experiences in the past and wants to get a better idea of whether they're actually lucid dreaming or not, are there any signs while dreaming or something that a person can do to become more conscious while they're dreaming? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And great question. Everybody wants to know the quick fix. How do I microwave oven my lucid dreams, right? Yeah. Uh, And not so many people or not as many people use microwave ovens now. So maybe I'm dating myself here a little bit. But something that seemed great we want quickly may not have the full gifts because, well, Part of the gift is in the, the mastery, the confidence, and the, the process itself, the joy of the adventure, not just the end. Yeah. But also a slow-grown skill uh, to keep in mind. Uh, we don't give like a high-power uh, slingshot to a, a little four- or five-year-old just because it's a bit risky. But for an older person, they might have a really good chance with target practice, lots of fun. And if uh, they really need to at some point on the survival hunt, maybe they can get themselves fed or, or something like that or hit a keen target or whatever. So a skill that has some questions... Uh, around it to to keep safe. In this case, lucid dreaming. We want to make sure we stay balanced in our lives. We're going to start adding a lot of awareness, connecting with deeper realms that we normally don't access uh, with waking mind. We can ask questions. We can move things at the root level that then become our actions. And sometimes even they skip the action step and magically end up as events in our life. But they certainly affect us emotionally, mentally, change our viewpoint. So we want to kind of slow, organically grow that. Stay balanced means, you know, eat well if we're starting to have explore a lot of lucid dreams, make sure that we stay connected with social friends, family, sleep enough, and that can help with lucid dreaming. So that's that's actually the first technique. Stay balanced so that when you get some amazing experiences, you don't go off the deep end. And then other little more practical things. Uh, there's some great tips uh, at dreams.ca. There are pathways to lucidity. People can check that out. But I'll give one or two here. Another one would be to have a really light, clear mind. In other words, lucid, sort of the, the core word there is light and, and feeling light, feeling free, not having too many concerns, not caught up in stress, focusing on the future or guilt or that kind of thing, which is focusing on the past, really present. Uh, so a light, clear mind as we fall asleep can really work wonders for lucid dreaming. Uh, and then a simple intention. You know, if uh, we press uh, the go button, some, uh, the machine turns on, or if we have the software installed, we can run the program. And the analogy there is uh, just a simple intention and maybe a little visual practice of what we're after. Of, hey, I'd love to fly tonight, or I'd love to breathe underwater, or whatever the person's wish is for lucid dream. I'd like to meet my friend and, and have a really beautiful romantic interlude with him. Somebody just wrote me about that this morning, so I thought that was a fun one. But whatever gets us motivated, 
motivated and then a little intention reminding ourselves, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to try. So there you go, action takers. Try this out before you go to sleep. Try to have that intention of what type of dream you want to have. Do you want to have a romantic getaway? Do you want to have an adventure? Do you want to meet somebody new and exciting? Whatever it is, try to have that intention and then relax eat well, maintain you know, a healthy lifestyle and that's when your lucid experience is going to be better. It's not a one-fix solution. It takes time. It's a slow, organic process. And Craig, I know that you teach people the art of lucid dreaming. How does a person go about learning how to lucid dream? Could you provide us an overview of what the learning process is like? Yeah, well, uh, one of the things that uh, I'm super passionate about truly is uh, the teleclasses I offer uh, and sometimes live classes, workshops and things. But uh, teleclasses uh, it's not only my namesake here, the web, Greg Webb on the web, <laughs> but it allows people to, at a distance, really connect in a rich way and then also go to sleep right after class because it's in the evening most of the time and then uh, practice actual techniques. So I'm really in the try it out. Don't just accept my teachings as for face value. I'll give you more experiences, techniques, and thing, maybe a few ideas and, and stories that people have tried or that I've tried. But everybody in the teleclasses really has to practice and try it. So it's a very I guess, uh, dreams on, kind of like hands-on kind of skill. Uh, and specific things that uh, I say that really help for people to learn that is first off, uh, recognize what I said about the light, clear mind. Uh, and uh, that's actually the aim that we're after for our lives too. Because anything we want to learn in dreams, we want to be able to apply in life. So being fully lucid, freer in life is kind of one of our goals, lucid living. Uh, one thing to really help stay motivated long term, because it's not a quick fix or it's kind of immediate skill for everybody, is to have a team or a, a group that you regularly share with or friends that you mm -hmm. talk back and forth to. Because after a week with our super busy society, tweets, emails, uh, all kinds of information, and I guess schedules through the roof with different things for many people, uh, we get easily distracted. So to have a group motivating, that's that's actually probably the biggest one. And then some of the techniques that I shared uh, helps an awful lot. And then an invisible one. Uh, and this uh, I only learned after seeing it in process because, you know, starting this stuff, mm. uh, there wasn't really too much written about it. A bit from uh, Stephen LeBerge, who I trained with at Stanford, but uh, it wasn't so much before or after that uh, that was really getting at the core of how can I really become lucid fully in a lasting way, not just a quick once and then forget. Uh, and that's a little bit invisible and obvious, but the, the general idea is to actually solve things like recurring nightmares, actually heal really upsetting dynamics of reacting in life, which is probably what the nightmares are about anyways. And as we kind of clear up some of those, let's say, blocks, limitations, or where our baggage, uh, our stuck places are, then naturally lucidity develops on its own. And we don't even have to try or go after it. It's just, in fact, it's always there, but we just get stuck and or get hidden mm. or crunched under it. <laughs> Wonderful. No. Let's take a few steps back. Take us to the moment when you first became interested in this field. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned I had the powerful near drowning there and then started having fascinating dreams. And my dreams would, uh, you know how dreams kind of disappear by the time you've maybe had breakfast or maybe even the shower, AJ? Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. kind of a different frequency of thought. I mean, even if you put electrodes on your head, you'd see a bit different frequency pattern there. So uh, you can think of it as a, a delicate thought. Some analogy might be like a butterfly that touches down 
but sort of briefly. Um, there's lots of tips and hints for dream recall. But I started remembering the dreams that would last well past lunch, sometimes into following days. And I was like, huh, what is this? So I guess my intrigue and my scientists got fascinated. So motivation and fascination is a big one. Uh, and then I had some powerful experiences that really started, I guess, shifting my whole viewpoint. One of them was uh, right early on, uh, just slightly after my uh, near drowning. I was in Florida on a swim training camp. I'm a big uh, competitive swimmer. Not any more competitive, but I still swim quite a bit. But back then, I was sort of uh, top national level. And uh, training camp there, I woke up with this super dread, wow, something's really wrong with grandpa. Mm -hmm. I wasn't quite sure what, but it was pretty serious. Maybe even like, I hope not, but like death or something like that. Or close to it, very serious. And then I thought, or maybe grandma too. I wasn't sure, but it wasn't super clear. But I I just kind of let it go. And at that time, I was kind of the model of, uh, oh, well, bad dream. That's too bad. But after swim practice, it was still there. And uh, the feeling was really strong, strong enough for me as a you know pretty objective scientist still to call Canada from from Florida and say, hey, to my parents, is everything okay with grandpa? Because I know it's weird, but I had this dream and uh, I don't want to freak you out. But could you check and just let me know? So they said, okay, well, we think everything's fine. And they checked and called back and said, yeah, it's all fine. So I guess it was just an upsetting dream, maybe symbolic or something. And I said, okay, well, thanks for checking. You sure anything with grandma? No, nothing. Uh, and then two days later when I came back from training camp, Uh, They said, we didn't want to call you because there was only about a day uh, before you were coming home, but your grandfather's just had a stroke. He's in the hospital, and uh, he's actually pretty close, touch and go. We're not sure if he's going to make it, and that was freaky enough, and they were pretty upset that I had mentioned it before the go, but uh, actually when he went in, your grandma went also, and she said she had a headache a week ago, but she didn't even tell your grandpa, and she's had a minor stroke too. And then the big question came like after that, how did you know? Mm -hmm. I just, you know, hopefully I was just humble. I just said, uh, I, I don't know how I knew, and uh, I just had this dream. I don't really know. I didn't know it was true, but it was strong, and the feeling was strong. And so it started me questioning, and, and that led to all the research and eventually sharing some of what I discovered. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that story. That is really interesting because, uh, as I shared earlier, you have a science background, and when you have this experience, especially when you share it to people around you, they're also surprised, right? Because they might not expect such a prediction or such an experience from your end. So thanks a lot for sharing this with us. Sure. I'd say uh, recovering thinkaholics. So uh, I hope that uh, folks (laughs) out there who are training just uh, pretty strictly science or computer programming or strong intellectual will consider uh, things like empathy and uh, spiritual, maybe lucid dreaming explorations or nature, athletic skills. Keep the balance. I think, uh, you know, you can definitely have a specialty, but well-rounded seems much healthier and it's brought me more joy anyway. And speaking about balance, uh, Craig, on the show, we're all about getting and staying healthy. So is there a simple yet effective health tip that you always have on your mind? Uh, Well, I'd say uh, watch dreams. That's actually one of the biggest applications or benefits of dreams, AJ. People don't really notice it or think about it or review it. But even if you never go to the deep interpretation level of trying to understand symbolism and emotions and all that, uh, sometimes dreams are very literal. Like if I dream of oranges, usually that day or for the week, I'll just eat oranges, just like very direct and literal. Uh, Sometimes I've gotten very specific diet advice that solves health problems that I was trying to solve for months, Uh, but not logical. Example, I had really strong uh, skin acidity, or I guess itchy skin that they said was solved from acidity, was caused by acidity in my digestion and things. So I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, I don't know how to solve. I tried a number of things and I wasn't really too Mm -hmm. keen on medications, but I asked dreams. I went to sleep with intention and the listeners 
fingers could try this. Just a clear mind and then a simple, single, singular intention. Wow, what could I do to you know, sort of solve the skin problem? Maybe the acidity. And I saw myself eating, or I saw pineapples. I didn't see myself eating them. I was like, oh, pineapples, interesting. But I woke up and my intellect said, isn't that like a citric fruit? Isn't that more acidic? Uh, and I said, oh, I don't know. So I spent, I actually bought pineapple juice and spread it on my skin. <laughs> I thought maybe they're supposed to like mm. kill a little nits or uh, I don't know, it's supposed to solve whatever the weird dry skin is. Uh, and then uh, the next night my dream says, no, no, don't put it on your skin. Just drink it. <laughs> so I actually had a follow-up dream that was said, no, we meant literally. You don't have to do anything too fancy. I felt a bit silly. But the, the thing was that I learned only a month or two later, for some reason, actually, pineapples creates an alkaline reaction in the body and helps with acidity. And who knew? So watching dreams for daily diet advice or exercise advice, that's pretty common too. And sometimes very accurate health diagnosis, prognosis, uh, prodromal dreams, they actually tune into illnesses like cancer even, before we know that we have it. Uh, and other pretty surprising things. Uh, in fact, have you ever seen the, the snake around, two snakes around a staff and the medical symbol yeah. for like World Health Organization, CMA, AMA? Uh, it's pretty common. Not all. There's some with uh, one snake and one two, some with two. Uh, but the AMA and CMA and World Health uh, all have one. Uh, and that comes from the staff of Asclepius. Uh, and the snake was one of his familiars. And uh, Asclepius was a Greek god from healing temples that lasted about 1,600 years all around the Mediterranean, mainly Greece, but all around, where people would come to have healing dreams and solve their health issues, get diagnosis, solutions, or sometimes literally right in the dream have the healing. So it's a pretty big payoff just to watch dreams. Wow, I never knew that. And I'm sure a lot of our action takers have seen that symbol, but uh, didn't sort of make that connection. This is a wonderful story that you shared. And Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 150. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 150. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, you have within you the strength, the patience and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. This is a profound quote by Harriet Tubman, who was well known for risking her life as a conductor in the Underground Railroad, which led escaped slaves to freedom in the north. That is so true, action takers. No matter where you are right now, no matter what your financial condition is, or no matter what your education level is, as you've heard so far, dreams have immense power. If you stick to your values, you have a strong mission, and you continuously take action, no matter how slow the process might seem, you stick to it with all your strength and tenacity, patience and passion. Then, before you know it, when you look back, you will have millions of people following you, inspired by what you do and who you you are that is how a revolution begins right but remember to push beyond your challenges and on the same topic of challenges craig take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge how did you look at the situation and then how did you finally overcome it well uh, there's been plenty of challenges uh, in this uh, i guess path first one was uh, sort of I guess finding a way to, to make ends meet while exploring something that was a bit vague because it's mm -hmm. at the time uh, even still, but uh, it's a bit more of a, let's say, outside 
track of uh, how can dreams be helpful. It wasn't too mainstream. Now it's growing. And then I realized, well, first off, what, like you just said, AJ, if it's my passion, somehow life will support me and uh, it uh, will work. So various things happen. But when the challenge really came, uh, I just kind of asked to dreams and they would guide me of ways to do presentations. Uh, if you say this and this uh, in that interview, or if you add this into the workshop you give today, uh, it'll really help a lot. So I would add specific things like the story of a person who faced nightmares and solved them forever using lucid dreaming. Wow. And it's a little bit tough to track, but I started getting more and more clients and dreams guided me to lead teleclasses. Well, we could reach more people and uh, in a pretty non-intrusive way. And uh, those people can easily find you, sometimes a uh, couple cases at least, uh, and maybe others where they didn't tell me. Uh, people have actually dreamt my name without ever having heard of me. Uh, and I'm thinking of this one woman from Ireland, and she was looking like that week, I really want to increase my mastery in understanding dreams and maybe becoming more conscious. And she dreamt my name and said, go on the website and search this and then take the class. <laughs> and, was, and she wrote me and said, I, don't, I know this is weird, but I just found you on the internet and are you offering classes? And I said, oh, I'm glad I I followed that dream. And then I said, uh, wow, you dreamt this? That's pretty good. If I was you, uh, I would probably join the class that's starting and take a guess here this week. And, and they don't start every week. They start like every uh, session, maybe every three, four months. And she said, wow. Uh, and she joined and had some nice breakthroughs. So uh, one of the things, I guess, that uh, I practice, but I also speak about is the ways the dreams have been practically valuable for even just getting the message about dreams out. Uh, and so making ends meet to be able to do that. So looking back now, in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our action takers? Uh, probably the most important lesson I've seen from dreams is almost like a conundrum there. It's actually to get the lesson. <laughs> so the lesson here is to get the lesson. But I'll tell the story so that it has a little bit more impact. Uh, there was this game on internet. Uh, maybe it's still there. I don't know. But a friend showed me a game called Sniper, I think it's called. I'm not sure the name of it. But I remember him showing like there was different sides and they fought it out. And you tried to steal the flag of the other team and this and that. And you could play against people on internet or on apps and things. Uh, and he said, I always, he, you get to choose different roles like guard or runner or this and that. He said he always chooses the sniper position because the sniper would sit right at the middle of the halfway uh, point where both sides could would have to pass through with the flag if they had it. And he said, I'll just wait until the key moment when somebody steals our flag and then I'll pick them off. <laughs> and, you know, that was kind of the computer game, but I liked that. I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. So there's one key place in the game where that's the most important essence of the whole game where you won't win or you win or lose. And, uh, and then I guess about a week or two later, I had this powerful dream, a lucid dream, and I'm watching somebody who's totally focused, like, I don't know what the word is, but like, let's say excruciatingly directly focused with intent, full intention, looking down like the sniper was in the game, just waiting, waiting, waiting. And I'm like, wow, and my whole body's shivering. This guy is like super right on one thing and not a hundred things. And then uh, he turns to me very gently and just says this one thing to me. He says, make sure you get the lesson. And then he turns back to his 100% focus, just waiting, 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 waiting. And I woke up going, wow, that guy's talking about the life lesson is the most important thing needed to win the game of life, or at least that's how I understood it. And uh, I guess the, the body and the feeling experience I had taught me a little bit emotionally how to, to do that focus. Well, first of all, thanks a lot for sharing your story. You shared that at first, the challenge was finding a way to make ends meet. And I'm sure that many of our listeners are facing the same challenge when they're shifting their life, when they're transforming their life, yeah. jumping from one block to another, finding that stepping stone is initially hard, but you 
resorted to seeking advice from your dreams, getting those life lessons and just taking action. And slowly but surely, people resonated with your mission, with your story and with your intention to serve. And that's truly inspiring. Thanks for sharing. And Action Tribe, remember one thing, no matter what age you are right now, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s or even 70s, don't let anyone or any situation make you feel old to do something new. Because in the grand scheme of things, we are all so young compared to some of the trees around us, to the diamonds beneath the earth that have been there for millions of years or to the entire galaxy itself since the Big Bang. So no matter how old you are, treat today as a brand new day and feel confident to turn a brand new page. And that's probably why C.S. Lewis once said, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. And on that note, Craig, have you found your life's calling? And if yes, what is your life's calling? Oh, that's a great one, AJ. Uh, <laughs> and I would say that's the top priority, uh, well, perhaps aside from getting the lesson, as I just shared. But for anybody first, uh, find out what you're super passionate about. I think it's uh, Harold Thurman Whitman who said, uh, don't necessarily just uh, go out there and do what you think people need or what people want. Actually, just do what really makes you happy or what you're super passionate about, because that's what people really need. So it's kind of an interesting order of operations. Uh, I would say I've found it, but I, I have a challenge here, AJ, and uh, the listeners can actually help with this, as maybe you, uh, mm-hmm. because I don't think calling is necessarily a finished thing. I actually saw, because I was asking that question to my dreams, as many other questions, I said, hey, how could I best serve? What's my greatest gift to people? What skills could I develop, etc.? I had a very, very, very powerful dream. Uh, the, probably the most emotionally, I guess, positive dream I've ever had, like crying beauty crying at beauty, where in the first part of the dream, I saw myself going around to lots of high schools, uh, different media, maybe interviews, even like this, AJ. So thanks for helping a little bit with that calling, where I was sharing some of the the messages and the insights and all the things uh, like I've shared today, how people learn about things that weren't too well known or they're becoming more known, hopefully. Uh, But then the dream shifted to a second part where I was dancing in a very beautiful dance with this lovely partner, uh, a woman with kind of brown hair and uh, just, I can't really describe the feeling but just like let's say super glowing almost like sun bright love coming between us uh, and then a guitar in the background and this beautiful music playing and such uh, and i woke up just almost bawling at the beauty I, I called it and i believed and got a pretty clear insight just as i woke up to that that was my life calling uh, and that it wasn't just singular. In fact, it was sort of two aspects to it. And now I'm in transition. So this is where readers can, listeners can help here, maybe readers too. Actually, I, I'm including more and more of the dreams in the creative aspect. And uh, I've been writing about music uh, quite a bit. I have a new book coming out, Dreams Behind the Music. Mm-hmm. People can go to the website, dreamsbehindthemusic.com and, and learn about that. But it details uh, like over 200 dreams and, and over 100 major artists that you'd be super surprised, who very practically used their dreams, sometimes getting music, sometimes lyrics, sometimes career choices, and a few instances actually saving their lives or not, following guidance dreams that saved lives or not, uh, and shown how in one specific realm in artistry and music could be very practical. And it's also inspiring me to share more music and dream-inspired music. Cause I don't know about you, AJ, but I actually dream music a few times a week. Have you ever dreamt any uh, like melodies or songs or sounds even? 
not on my mind right now but i'm sure i have because i am all about music right i used to play the guitar and one thing i regret is i don't have a guitar these days i mm-hmm. love music and uh, especially what i usually have on my playlist are these beautiful epic movie themes oh, you know yeah. that i right. play in the morning to make me feel grand to make me feel charged up to make me feel motivated to take on the day so music is definitely a core component of my life oh do you know how it's sure Uh, so not too many people know the name, but you definitely have heard of like Lord of the Rings okay. and other soundtracks. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty famous yeah. composer. Uh, he's not always known for his name. But he actually often uses dreams. He even promotes using dreams, not just using them himself, as a valuable, very valuable creative insight for musicians. Obviously for any artist, but in his case, as a musician, he gets music. So I would uh, encourage you. And I've done some research also to see, uh, is this something anybody can learn or how common is it? And seven out of eight students uh, within the first with the and the very first attempt of hey i'd love to have a music dream tonight and then also two out of two proofreaders for the book who tried that experiment had success the very first night remembering a dream and hearing music so it seems like something that's kind of just waiting for the asking and uh, if uh, if you want to try that maybe you'll get inspired and pick up or uh, get another guitar and share some of that with us because like you said it's these dreams inside that are kind of private but if we act mm-hmm. on them then they become public and serve people inspire entertain whatever but without that action yeah. we're kind of stuck and uh, I think Yoko Ono a dream that we dream alone is just a dream and a dream that mm-hmm. we dream together that's the beauty of our lives and that's what we share in life so take the action on something but it has to be inspiring so music is one thing that's inspiring more and more and I hope people check out the book it's got some pretty cool stories in there that is so sure true and I'm sure that people will love to go and learn more about how they can not only have these amazing dreams these lucid dreams but also tie in their dream experiences to their waking lives and use that to develop spiritually professionally relationship wise and also impact their communities in a positive way but looking back now Craig was there ever a magical moment beyond which you were pretty sure that your life was going to transform take us back to that very moment when it first happened the whole rafting incident under the, the near drowning uh, i was kind of kidnapped so i didn't have any certainty or unsureness it just happened to me more like but later on i think let's see what was the big transition moment i guess uh, symbolically when i married it uh, so when i really kind of committed to a path of not just service but the specific service of you know offering out some of the the dream wisdom or the lucid skills or actually i've also created inventions as you mentioned early on that help people have lucid dreams Dreams. at Stanford we designed a little sleep mask wow. uh, that helps you go lucid and that's been sold around the world the Nova Dreamer was the first and there's copies now but proven from the research and, and so all these things uh, and I committed to it and then it started really happening more and more so I guess started sharing it then I end up at Stanford then I created the invention then came back started the Dreams Foundation which has had uh, I mean incredible impact I toured the world as a high profile figure speaking to lots of major media probably a rough estimate at least a hundred million maybe a quarter billion people uh, received some of that information and it's not to just say numbers is the important thing but for me I was following my passion because I love groups I love speaking I love uh, sort of sharing ideas that are fresh and new Uh, and I guess uh, the Stanford research was kind of the turning point. But the moment I married it, I think, was really changed it. And later, I realized that. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that. And with that, we have finally arrived at the last portion of today's show, the Wisdom Round. And this is a rapid fire round. Are you ready? Okay, so quick answers. <laughs> Sound bite. <laughs> 
Great. So what is the best advice that you have ever received? I used to interview people in my life and say, hey, what's the best advice you can give me? And I remember yeah. <laughs> one of them, this woman at work, the computer job I had a long time ago. She said, whatever you do, it's fine. Just do whatever is your passion. But whatever you do, become the truest and best at that and really focus on it and just don't be haphazard because then your gift will be fully given. I was like, wow, that's pretty good. So share with us one personal habit that keeps you going. Uh, well, other than dreams and practicing <laughs> dreams and lucidity and waking life. Uh, I think gratitude's a huge one. You mentioned about that a little bit, but uh, even like an actual gratitude practice, five, 10 minutes before sleep. And I kind of do it in two phases. One, I'm grateful for things that life brought me during the day, just before sleep to kind of resonate into a nice energetic, emotional field. I'm grateful for, let's say, example tonight. Wow, that was a fun interview with AJ. I love that he offered a great forum for not only people to understand and get breakthroughs and try some stuff, get jazzed up, but also to help serve the life mission that I saw in my vision dream for sharing some of this with people. So I'm super grateful for that. And then I'll go on and on about maybe five, 10 things for five minutes. But then I'll switch to choices that I've made personally as you know Craig here. Mm. Uh, and I'll appreciate myself because it's easy to sort of appreciate life, but sometimes it's harder to love and open up to and celebrate ourselves and say actions, even tough actions that I did. Wow, that wasn't really obvious how I committed, let's say, an hour before the interview to kind of really think of a few things that I could serve with. I gave up part of my day, but I'm glad I did that. It felt good to kind of get quiet and it feels good if some of the, if even I get one email from a listener who says, wow, that was valuable and then I'll forward it to AJ, but I'll know that, oh, that was something I chose that felt good. Or I chose to eat, a, a drink a smoothie today rather than just have a humongous breakfast that kind of left me tired. Uh, so I'm happy for that. And then sometimes simple and sometimes bigger things, uh, bigger choices. I'm glad I took that job. I'm glad I moved to California. I'm glad I, and then I go to sleep in a really rich state. Wonderful. So thanks a lot. Uh, Craig, what is your morning ritual like? Uh, well, that was the evening ritual there. <laughs> the morning ritual, first off, is really gather the dreams. Some of the top priorities come in the dreams. So just watching. And here's a little tip for listeners that is my actual morning priority. As I kind of lie there still, and it's not necessarily visual, but what's my first waking thought? because we use the word thought for something a little different as an experience than a dream. But the thought is often kind of the action item that'll shift our priorities. It comes from an intuitive place of that morning dream, but guides our day. So I'm lying there, do that. Uh, then I'll often, uh, I guess, either play music, read, something that kind of slowly speeds me up, sometimes exercise. Uh, and then I start to move into the day, have breakfast, uh, shower, eat it, etc. And then uh, do some work, emails and things like that. But mostly it's a quiet time of first just receive inner info and then take in consciously some wise outer info music reading wonderful so this is going to be a, a bit of a hard question but what is the most inspiring book you've ever read oh yeah that's a good one uh, there's been a lot of great teachers i'm sorry to kind of just isolate one but I would say the one that's probably most transformed my life from the root core up was uh, Richard Bach, who not too many people know nowadays, but was a pretty famous self-help author. His book, Illusions. Uh, I don't know if you know that one. It's about uh, illusions, uh, the adventures of a reluctant messiah. Uh, and he kind of travels around in a biplane, which he actually did, and tells his story of meeting a spiritual master who guided his life and taught him how to manifest things, and taught him some spiritual life lessons and things. And uh, that was, I started reading that before my big life drown, near drowning and my big dream awakening. But I think it was actually one of the seeds that grew into the, the breaking open of the floodgates that allowed all that to happen, because I started thinking, wow, maybe life is 
seems more like a dream. Maybe it mm. is uh, an illusion, etc. Wonderful. I think this is going to be my next book right now. I'm... Oh, yeah. Write that one down. That's huge. <laughs> I'm almost done with uh, Creative Visualizations by Shakti oh, Gawain, which I think great. is an amazing book. Uh, phenomenal. I guess this will be my next book. So thanks a lot for sharing. And Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit www.my7chakras.com forward slash 150. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 150. Zero. So, Craig, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you. I'm really grateful for, sounds like a bit of a continuing thing here, but I am super grateful for my dreams. Uh, just because even when I get, I've had breakups where I don't write dreams or I don't want to hear about the guidance for like quite a while, a couple of months, uh, but they'll keep coming back. They'll just keep offering support. Sometimes they'll entertain me when I'm sad and make me laugh, etc. So I guess the deeper word is my soul wisdom, the, the deeper forces, guides within that really come as dreams or sometimes intuitions. Mm-hmm. I'm super grateful. Uh, so hopefully people want to get in touch with that. <laughs> and if they want to get in touch with that, uh, that's often what I champion. So you can get in touch with with me too. Uh, and I'll guide you as best I can towards that. Uh, a great website uh, that goes right to the teleclass is Applied Dreaming with two Ds in the middle there, AppliedDreaming.com. Uh, and that people can check out uh, the group team adventures where we all go together and explore and have super lucid, sometimes meetings across the continent uh, where we learn things about the other person's room. We've had dreamers actually consciously wow. go. Uh, sometimes creative inspirations. Uh, I've actually met Shakti Gawain and spoken to her all about dreams. I'll send you an interview I did with her if you like. You could post really? it to your listeners if you like. <laughs> so uh, I guess the website, uh, if they're more interested in having me share, uh, let's say, presentations, articles, things, craigweb.ca. So two Bs in web there, craigweb.ca, and uh, that'll lead to most of the other things, including the new book, uh, dreamsbehindthemusic.com, if people are really inspired to get creative dreaming and make some breakthroughs in their career. So there you go, Action Tribe. If you've heard so far, it means that you're really, really interested in learning more about your dreams, how to lucid dream, and use that to develop personally and get closer to that human transformation that we're all gunning for. So in order to learn more, go to AppliedDreaming.com. Two days, AppliedDreaming.com. I'm going to have that in the show notes as well. And to learn more about Craig, learn about his story and the change that he's influencing on so many people around the world, go to Craig W-E-D bp.ca and then you'll get to know more and we'll have both these links in the show notes as well so craig thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about the power of dreams and taking us one step closer to a human revolution well i want to tell you aj it brings me a ton of hope too i mean i have lots of gratitude right in my chest right now but to see you sharing such a passion offering such a forum for people hope for our planet hope for uh, people to connect with their truth their inspiration so in a fancy way that's my long way of saying thanks so much for having me on and for doing what you do thanks craig it's been such an honor such a pleasure to have you on the show and i'm sure that our listeners who are listening to this episode right now have got one more powerful reason one more powerful step to not give up and, and to take a step forward so thanks a lot right and thanks to all the listeners who actually act on their dreams and make our world a little bit better you are listening to my seven chakras go to my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com download your free gift get inspired and take action Transform your life today. When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.